0: Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth Podcast. To stay connected, go to RevivalToday.com. And now, here is Evangelist Jonathan.
1: I want to play a testimony that we played last week, and uh, it helped a lot of people. Jesus said in Mark 11, the Bible says the disciples marveled because they said the fig tree that you had cursed has withered up from the root. And he said the fig tree withered up. I say unto you, the disciples. It actually says in the New Living Translation, Jesus said to the disciples. Everybody say, that's me. If you go to a church or went to a church where they tried to teach that Jesus did miracles because he was the son of God, but then that kind of ended with him, you're missing the Bible. Jesus never said, don't try to do what you see me do. He said the opposite. The same work that you see me do, you shall do and greater, for I go to the Father on your behalf. Yes, ask anything you want in my name, and not I might give it to you. Not sometimes I say yes, sometimes I say no, sometimes I say wait. I will give it to you that your joy may be full. I always spoke in definites when it came to prayer. So even here, hey, master, the fig tree that you cursed withered up from the root. Yes, and I say unto you, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. And your command will be obeyed. All that's required, well, that's important. If you can move a mountain and then there's one thing that's required, it's important to know what's required. Is that you really believe and do not doubt in your heart. Not doubt in your head. Your head doubts. The things of God are not received by the brain. But you can have doubt in your head and faith in your heart. That's where the war comes in. The carnal man, what are you doing? I I have it happen. I've been praying for the sick for 21 years, and I still have it happen. You know, let's let's be reasonable. This person is not going to get better. That's your head. But then with the heart, man believeth. So how do you win that war? Anytime there's doubt in your head, never let it get on the elevator and come out of your mouth. Bible doesn't say death and life's in the power of your thoughts. It says death and life is in the power of the... That's why a lot of times if if you're watching me today and I, you met me at your church and you were, the reason we have a connection is I prayed for you when you were sick and you heard me say before I prayed for you, Father, I thank you that your word says you will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. I wasn't doing that to impress you that I have memorized some verses. I was probably doing it because in my mind I was looking at you thinking, oh, shoot, this is bad. But then instead of saying, oh, shoot, this is bad, I said, Father, I thank you that your word. Everybody say God's word. God's word. That's right. God's word never lies, and you're never wrong when you quote God. And there's power in the word. There's not power in thoughts of unbelief. There's power in what the Bible says. So when you don't feel like things are working, don't say what you feel. Say what you believe out of the Bible, and what you believe will come into the natural. Amen. You can say to this mountain. Be removed and cast into the sea. All that's required is that you really believe and do not doubt in your heart. Listen, and I'm not yelling at you, listen to me. This is verse 24. Listen to me, exclamation point. You can pray for anything. Is that a need or a want? You can pray for anything. And if you believe that you have received when you pray, You will have whatsoever thing that you ask. Man, is the Bible anointed or not? Just quote scriptures and people are on their feet and clapping. God's word can't fail. Now, I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. That's why if if someone is brought to me for prayer, I, I don't rub their back and say, oh, Lord, give them a grace as they go through. Because Jesus taught that there is something in faith that has a mountain moving quality. In other words, this thing won't move, but my faith will move it. Not my faith will give me strength to climb it. Not my faith will show me a way around it. Not my faith will give me grace to endure it. I can speak, according to Jesus, I can speak to a mountain and tell it to move, and that my command will be obeyed if I believe and refuse to doubt in my heart. Well, we're not trying to get Mount Washington over by the three rivers moved into uh, Virginia. Or Pikes Peak into Washington State. Or Mount Hood into Florida. It's talking about immovable situations. Things that doctors said. Actually, when I pray for people that have tumors, that's the scripture that I feel a lot of times. Well, if I can say to a mountain, and that thing's just a little mountain in your body, I can tell that thing to move, and it'll move. We have that on video with that woman that brought her son that tumors kept growing in the bones in his arm. And they said they'll always grow back, and it was gone, and the bone sealed, and the doctor was confused as to what happened. Because you can speak. Everybody say, I can speak. I can speak. If you go Tuesday through Friday for prayer, noon to one, you'll start to develop that like a muscle, and it'll make a huge difference in your life and family. Because what a tool to have in your bag that anytime somebody tells you this is just how it's going to be, you can shake your head and say, no, God is going to have the final say through my faith. And I'm not going to wait. See, if churches ever do kind of get into this, then they get into it and, in well, you know, yes, God can. God didn't say he would. He said, you can say to this mountain. Not I'll say. Everybody say, I can say. One more time. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. So if, uh, say this with me, a closed mouth is a closed destiny. Well, I'm preaching in Los Angeles last week, you know, seven and a half days ago. And there's a, there's a boy that you can obviously tell has special needs. And I can tell that I'm not looking to single out people that have problems, but I'm going, you know, I could tell the family brought him for prayer. So first I prayed for the mother and father. I could tell they were worn out. Going to doctors, waiting for test results. And then I find out they've never slept through the night because their son has a seizure every 10 minutes. So somebody has to be with him all through the night and they rotate one hour shifts. What that, that's no way to live. In the name of Jesus, anything the devil's done that has turned your life into a torment. How many of you were here on miracle service Friday night? What did that older lady say that gave the testimony? She said, I had a wound that wouldn't heal, and my bandages needed changed all the time. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus did not like once or twice find people that were having problems physically in Elam. Sickness and disease is an oppression of the devil. It takes the joy out of life. It takes the joy out of marriage. I did not marry Dallas to be her nurse. She didn't marry me to be my nurse. That's not God's plan. The Bible says in Proverbs, your wife is to enjoy the wife of your youth and enjoy the husband of your youth. Everything in Jesus' name that has turned your life into a struggle, an addiction, changing of bandages, care for children. The Lord's going to do a miracle for you this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So I prayed for the parents first. And then I, 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 I with, you know, without thinking, I called the son up. Well, he can't even respond to commands, but he responded to that one. So they were already encouraged. I said, I said, come up here. He walked up and then I held his head and prayed. And then I'll let them. Now, when you see these smiles, I say, these people fake that they pay people to fi- to say this stuff. If you could, if they can fake it this well, they should be working for Lionsgate Films. Because when you see somebody really have a testimony, there's a joy. There's a joy that Jesus brings to life that money can't buy. It's free. He purchased joy for you. You're going to leave here today full of joy. Anything the devil's done to take your joy, the Lord's going to give it back to you tenfold today in Jesus' mighty name. Watch this great testimony from California.
2: Hi, I'm Mikey Gonzalez. This is my mom, Pastor Anita Gonzalez. And today we just want to come and share a testimony of what the Lord did with my youngest brother. Um, Long story short, he had suffered from epilepsy. He accidentally (laughs) fell down during a race. He was dehydrated and he hurt his his head. And ever since that day, that was in eighth grade. And from eighth grade to now, it's been about 10 years, he has slowly lost decline in in his nervous central system. He was not able to recollect memory. He was not able to understand speech. He would lose his balance. He had... Um a lot of, uh, ner- he couldn't control his movements in any way, shape, or form. And the worst part of all was that he could not sleep. And so about, I was telling um, the pastor Jonathan, was that every 10 minutes or so, he would have a seizure or he would twitch. And so even what doctors say, rain sleep is good for you, he could not enjoy because at every time at midnight, three in the morning, at six in the morning, he would have a major attack. And it was constantly an oppression of the devil upon his life because he couldn't get out. For as much as we would try to teach him the word of God and Bible verses or pray with him, he he, he just he wasn't there. So he went from being a presidential honor roll student to like a second grade memory. And so today we came expecting and believing the Lord for a miracle in our yard. Brother believing the
1: Interesting. They didn't ask for a prayer. We came expecting and believing for a miracle. I wonder, I don't know if that's for a show of hands, but I wonder, like if you could do a spiritual x-ray right now, how many people came today with an expectation for something from the hand of God? I mean, no, if he never does anything for us at all. No, that's why I don't go to your church. Because God is interested in doing something for his people. I said, God is interested in doing something for his people. <laughs> Jesus didn't tell the woman with the issue of blood when she grabbed his clothes, stop doing that, it's wrinkling my robe. He said, who touched me? Master, there's people all around you. To- no, someone deliberately touched me. So there is a crowd of people around Jesus, and nobody got anything except the woman because she deliberately touched him. Well, when God's ready. God's been ready. Before your parents were born. It's not about when God's ready. It's about when you're ready. It's it's funny how when you hear the stories after the service, you realize why God works a certain way. There was a a couple in New Mexico, young missionary couple. And I'm in the middle of my preaching. And I said, how how much money do you need to do your missions work in Africa total? They said 400,000. I said, I'm going to give you the first 100,000. I've never done that before. Did you know they drove two hours and had a check that was their entire savings as a young, young couple, I think $5,000, and they brought it, not for me to give. You know, we can't save up $400,000. let us go and sow this and believe God to do a miracle. I didn't know any of that. How come I felt to pray just for this kid and the parents? We came expecting and believing. It would have been just as easy. It actually would have been 10 times easier. For them to come not expecting a miracle. I, I'm not going there to hear him. The last thing I want to hear about is healing. We're Christians. If that God really does that, why is our son like this? See, if the devil has his way, he'll not only slap you in the head, he'll get you to think it's God doing it because then you've cut yourself off from your only source of help. But God is not the author of your problem. God is a very present help in the time of trouble, and he's going to help you today, not tomorrow, today. Why? Why? How do you know he's going to help you today? Because he wrote in the word. He wrote in his own word. Proverbs 3:28. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 28. If your neighbor comes to, for help and it's in your power to help them, don't tell them come back tomorrow, help them today. Is God a hypocrite? No. He wouldn't tell you when it's in your power, don't turn somebody away. And then him, no, it's not my time. I'm using this cancer to teach you something. God doesn't teach through destruction. He teaches through instruction. Tell me, why did you come from Nevada. How did you know about me? Awesome. I know you came expecting something today. I know there's other people that came expecting. Some things I know by the spirit, some I know by text message. So and so came. They, they came needing this. I'm not I, I will never be a pastor. Well, have they been faithful to church? Who cares? People don't need 20 questions. Where did Jesus ever, you know actually what the Bible says? It says, if you need, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. James 1, who giveth freely. Everybody say, giveth freely. That's why the dinner's free. If Jesus can feed 5,000, we can do 230. Who giveth freely and upbraideth not. That means he doesn't rebuke you for asking. Well, who do you think you are? See, what happens is ministers don't want to fast and pray, so they end up taking a combative attitude towards people that want miracles. Many times we come wanting things from God, but we should be asking what we can do for Him. It's hard to do something for God when you're eaten to the bone with cancer. Stupid. Jesus never lectured sick people. He was compassionate to the sick and very mean to people that were hard on the sick. And religion, it's not new. For 2,000 years, people have been mean to the sick in, in religion. Jesus healed a woman who had a bone deformity and had been bent double for 18 years. When Jesus touched her, she stood straight up. I mean, you know, God sometimes makes sick. Show me. Show me in the Bible. Show me where Jesus laid his hand on an eight-year-old kid that was running around and gave him uh, autism or paralysis or a central nervous system condition or whatever I want to see the scripture my friend and I say my friend loosely you're a black you are and then they got the nerve to call you if you pray for the sick a heretic who's the heretic whose ministry is more in line with Matthew Mark Luke and John the minister who prays for the sick or the minister who sends the sick out for help somewhere else now I'm going to tell you something I'm beginning to hear this about the third time this has happened that somebody has gone for professional help in this city And they tried to help them and couldn't help them. It's happened with doctors. It's happened with psychologists. I don't know what I'm going to do. And they say, I can't do this. And I'll get fired if you tell anyone. But I'm going to write this address down. Be here at 7 o'clock. And they send them to come here at Dallas or here on Sunday morning. Doctors, psychologists, that's the flip that's taken place in the United States because the church isn't to send people out when man has no answer. God has the answer. Yeah. Revival. This church is in revival. Looks like you're over 300 again in Texas. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. America is going to be shaken this year by the power of God. Signs, wonders, miracles. There's nobody in this room that before December 31st won't have a reason to put your hand up and say, Surely the Lord has done great things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, let me hear the rest of the testimony.
2: Lord that he was going to do something in his life because for 10 years my parents hadn't slept we haven't slept we've been standing in faith believing the Lord but the manifestation was longing and so we're like no Lord we're going to give our a special offering to the Lord believing for his miracle we joined the 21 days of prayer and fasting that was one of our prayer points and when we heard Pastor Jonathan was coming here we're like no we're going to believe the Lord that today the oppression ends Amen. and so when Pastor Jonathan came to California, Los Angeles, California, it was literally an answer to prayer. He called each and every one of us out, but specifically the word of the knowledge that the Lord gave him for my younger brother was spot on. I, like, I told my parents, it hit the nail on the coffin. It was so spirit. You know sure enough, he said that the Lord was gonna restore his speech, the Lord was gonna restore movement in his body, everything that the enemy had stolen from him. This was the year of double. And so when he prayed for him, I was sharing with the brothers and sisters that he was when Pastor Jonathan went to go lay hands on him, he's standing by himself. Unconsciously, he he would like fall backwards. But that moment when Pastor was praying, he He was standing by himself. He responded. Pastor Jonathan said, can I pray for you? And he himself said, yes. Yes. (laughs) And so when the Lord touched him, I was amazed because we went home that night rejoicing and praising the Lord and I want to share this video with you guys. He slept 30 seconds without a single seizure and then the 30 seconds went to a minute and then two minutes and then five minutes and the next thing you know he's sleeping and you can see this, this spirit of peace upon his life. He's able to sleep and so we're really excited to see what the Lord's going to do with him. How the Lord is going to be able to restore story completely from the top of his head to the soles of his feet body his function control his memory his his intellect Positive. everything
1: whoever's here from from my staff so let's let's book that one week meeting in los angeles get a hold of all the pastors this week and cut this clip and let, let's do some damage we've had 14 pastors so far sign up in los angeles to do a crusade there we had 400 people that night including a jehovah's witness that came in from the crowd that had cancer and got healed and gave her life to jesus christ The devil's not going to have California. The devil's not going to have New York. The devil's not going to have the Pacific Northwest. America does not belong to the devil. I said America does not. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all the inhabitants that dwell therein. I'm preaching in Washington, D.C. all week. Starting tonight, 7 o'clock through Friday. If you're in Washington, D.C., you should get there. If you're in the Senate, in the House, you should come. Bring your mistress. You both need to get saved. And your gay aide or whoever. Come and give your life to Jesus Christ. And I say that respectfully. I'm an ally. But you need to get saved. Amen. You didn't expect me to say that, (laughs) ma'am. Let me pray for you. I'm going to pray for you with the cross on your shirt. Come here. Well, yep, you. You're not in trouble. I like you. I like that you laugh. I think you're a nice lady. You're not in trouble. Put both your hands on where your lungs are. Lord's going to heal you the beginnings of COPD and emphysema and restore full lung function and heart function. You believe that with me? Close both eyes. I'm going to be real gentle. I curse the taste for that stuff off your lip and tongue. Two brand new lungs in Jesus' name. Are you serious? Yes, I'm very serious. Wow. Why do you say wow? Will the Lord touch you? Yeah. Two new lungs. I commend you to live and not die and never need oxygen. Father, thank you for touching my laughing friend. Give her even more reasons to laugh this year. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank I love you. you. You're welcome. So if you don't want prayed for, don't laugh. Look very mean. Stare at me, kind of like find a way to give me the middle finger with your eyes. And then I won't pray for you. Church people are very good at doing that. Let me hear the last 23 seconds of the testimony.
2: It's coming back. And so we just want to give all the praise and the glory and the honor to God.
1: Somebody should marry that girl. You couldn't get divorced from her. She's like the nicest person been suffering for 10 years. She's like, you'd think she was in Disney World for 10 straight years. Telling the worst t- testimony you could ever hear, like it's Finding Nemo. Anyway, just throwing that out there. Sorry if the lady's watching. I'm not trying to spook you, but I did throw you out there on national television now. And in Israel and Jordan and Palestine. If you're watching in Palestine, this is a nice Christian lady. You should marry her. They're great wives. They won't cover their heads, but other than that, they're good l- women. Continue.
2: He could sleep through the night. What is the Lord going to do from now until the rest of the time that the Lord comes? We're going to see that miracle. We're going to see the intelligence come back. We're just going to continue praising God because we know this is the beginning of a great miracle in progress.
1: Can you say amen? So my wife texted me. Let me find it real quick. Stop leaving dishes in the sink. Why didn't you take the trash out? Set a better example for our daughter. There There it is. There's a guy here who has cancer that came for prayer. And his name's Billy. So I'd normally do it at the end. Billy, where's Billy? Came for prayer. I feel like praying. I'm in a praying mood. Billy, Willie. Hello, Billy. Should have just stayed in the section with the lady with the cross on her shirt. This is the faith section back here. Came in from where? Where'd you come in from, Billy? South Park. Nice to meet you. Put your one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly. Underneath your hands passes the power of God. I want to say this before I pray for him. Most of us grew up in churches where we'd all gather around. Let's bring the deacons. Oh, Lord. You don't have to beg God to do what he's already done. The price for healing has been fully paid. I went to go buy my wife a nice gift in Las Vegas a couple weeks back, and the card got declined. And I said, what the heck? So I called the bank. I said, what's the problem with the card? Oh, it's too much money. No, it's, I don't think it, that's how much it costs. So my choice is either to pay it or steal it, and I'm not going to jail for that. If I go to jail, it's going to be like for big things. We need a reason why you need that much money. I said, here's the reason. It's my money. Let it go now. Yeah, I've cast devils out of people. I can command my own money out of the bank. I'm not begging for what's mine. Give me what's mine. Healing belongs to me. Healing is in my account. (laughs) Billy, I didn't mean to leave you. Sorry, I went back to preaching. Let me do take two. You forgive me? I feel like you're getting healed already. Heart and stomach, in the name of Jesus, every cell of cancer in this body. Everybody's watching in Fort Worth. Lift both hands, you'll get a touchdown in Texas because we serve an omnipotent, omnipresent God. In the name of Jesus, Cancer, I adjure you in Christ's name. Come out of this body. All damaged by cancer, all damaged by the treatment of the cancer, come out. I command your body to be restored. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Be healed. I command you to live. You came here for prayer and get your miracle. In Jesus' name. Same way God touched that family, touches you right now. In Jesus' name. This is like the faith section back here. Marijuana section is the back right, but the back left, <laughs> this is the faith section. I command you to be able to eat whatever you want and hold it down. No problem. Pray before you eat. Digest it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mind if I pray for you in the colorful shirt? Power of God's on you, miss. I'm only praying for people that the Lord's already touching. Nice to meet you. Put one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly. In the name of the Lord Jesus, receive a miracle from the inside out. In Jesus' name. And then even situations in your home and finance, I commend everything to turn around this year, right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' name. You're going to live and not die. I command this thing to turn around. 2024 will be the healthiest year you've ever had. In Jesus' name. Amen. No wonder I was drawn over here. Same with you. You're going to have a healthy year. It's not going to be one thing going wrong after another. Now it's going to be goodness and mercy following you all the days of your life. The Lord knows all about you, you know. He loves you. I mean, He knows all about you because He loves you. He loves you very much. Let me pray for one more person. I'll I'll get back to doing whatever pastors are supposed to do. I saw the Lord touching my friend here in the tan. I won't embarrass you, but just stand up and lift both hands. As you do, the power of God comes upon you. Today marks an end of all. All your struggles come to an end today. For the Lord says, I lift the heavy burden from your shoulders and destroy the yoke of bondage. There it is. In Jesus' name. You're going to have the best year that you've ever had in the name of Jesus Christ, so enjoy it. It's over. The battle's over. Somebody say, the battle's over. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Somebody say, I serve a miracle-working God. If the singers were there, I'd have them sing what Pastor Tony was playing. Jesus, there's something about that name, but our singers are union and they all left at 11 a.m. sharp. <laughs> if you have your Bibles, just play that one time. Even though turn him up a little bit. If you know it, just lift your hands in your seat and sing it, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Jesus. Jesus. Master, Savior.
3: Oh, Master, Savior.
1: You Can feel the presence of God in here. And pray for this lady in the third row. Tan vest. Stand up right there. Power of God's all over you. That's why you didn't even hear me talking to you. Lift both hands, close both eyes. There's angels in this place. Jesus is in this place. Wherever two or three are gathered, I'm there in their midst. That's it. Coming on you stronger and stronger and stronger. More than you can hold. That's it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Sing it one more time. Every hand lifted.
3: Oh, Jesus.
1: Thank you, Lord Jesus.
3: Jesus.
1: This church is going to be, like 2024 will be like a year-long revival. Every every service, Wednesday night, every Sunday, it feels like a Friday night of a three-week meeting. So it's going to go like that. Proverbs 11, I'm going to give you a chance to sow seed. Proverbs 11, uh, 24 and 25. Proverbs 11:24 and 25. Give freely and become more wealthy. This is New Living Translation. Be stingy and lose everything. Keep it up in the King James. There is he that, that scattereth yet increaseth. That's me. And there's he that withholdeth more than he should but it tendeth to poverty. So you think the way to get ahead is to try to cut back on what goes out. I don't even mean just the church. The theme that came up in prayer and fasting was Stretch forth your tents. Spare no expense. Everybody say, spare no expense. It, 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 if, <laughs> if I was normal, we would have gone to two services at 107 Patton Drive because it's cheaper. But having two services with $350 a piece is not this. And then having to go to three services with $300 a piece is not the same as having everybody there for one shot like a big army. Amen. So that requires a quarter million dollar sound system or it was 270. That's just the sound, let alone all the other stuff. So what? Because you don't get ahead by saving money. Sorry to contradict everything you've been taught your whole life up until right now. But Proverbs 11 is written by the richest man who ever lived. Not a guy that's debt free and has good amount of money and savings. A guy that had so much money that when the Queen of Sheba went to find him, she passed out. When she saw his house and the order of his servants, so think of it like that. When you read Ecclesiastes and Proverbs, you're not reading a book by, uh, you know, I don't. I'm not going to mention people's names and turn them against me. So you know, congratulations that you that you made a billion dollars or a couple hundred million dollars. Solomon's temple is a, was a wonder of the world. He was extremely rich. The Bible doesn't say he was rich; it says he was extremely rich. So rich that rich people call you rich. And what did he say in Proverbs eleven twenty four? There's he that withholdeth more than he should, thinking he's going to get ahead, but it actually tends to poverty. But there's he that scattereth and increases all the more. This church gave $6.3 million away last year. Not from Revival Today to Revival Today outreach. Not from Revival Today to pastors in our church. I'm not talking about creative ways to make it sound like you give when no money ever leaves your hand. I'm talking out to other ministries. Away it goes. There's in the natural no way for it to come back. You know, one of the anointings that Jesus said he had that proved he was the Messiah, go tell your master the things you see today. The blind see, the deaf hear, the cripple walk, the lepers are cleansed. What's the fifth one? Who's having the gospel preached to them? The poor. It takes an anointing to preach the gospel to the poor. And because the church, most churches don't have any place for the anointing anymore, they can't preach the gospel to the poor. It's getting to the point you can't go to any Christian event without paying for a ticket. $75 to hear something, not music, somebody, hear somebody preach. Because they can't preach to people that don't have money. Because they ha- they don't give, so... Th- They have to do things like the world does. And Jesus said, if you only help people who can pay you back, you're no different than the heathen. But if you intentionally help people who you know can't pay you back, your Father in heaven will reward you. But they don't actually believe there's any reward or anything. But we've proved it at this church. This church, just so you know, swims in finances. We always have, we always will, because we refuse to shut up our giving. If I was a normal pastor, knowing that we need to build a church in in Pittsburgh, we're going to buy a building shortly in Texas so that they have a place for midweek service and everything. You know, well, um, let's not have any guests this year, and let's not hire any new people. There's he that withholdeth more than he should. And it doesn't tend to increase. It tends to poverty. Our ministry has more money in savings than ministries that try to save money, and we don 't try to save any money. We try to not save money, but it keeps coming back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over because you actually can increase by giving, not by <laughs> going out to eat that 's why i'm I, you know I like I like people, I like people that try to help people, but this whole kind of like teaching Christians that you know don 't go out to eat so much and uh, don't go on vacation and Don't, you know, tithe, but don't give up above that. Then save. Then one day when you're 60, no, I'll tell you exactly what will happen. If you develop cheapskate habits for 40 years, you're not going to flip a switch at 60 and start giving. You're going to be a normal Christian that at best is going to leave behind millions of dollars after you die. Let me ask you a question. Did David tell Solomon, when I die, I'm going to leave you a bunch of money to build the temple, or did he give it while he was alive? Give it while he was alive. I'm not waiting until I'm dead to give money to the kingdom of God. I'm doing it right now. We fed 2,000 children every day through Feed the Hungry, which which is the most of any ministry. We're their largest sponsor. I upped it to 5,000 last week. They called Patrick back and wanted to know if it was a joke or a prank call, because 2,000 kids is the most any ministry is kicking in. And we upped it to 5,000. It's a ton of money. You know why? Because at the level God's brought me to, 2,000 is an insult. If the Lord's gonna trust me to, to steward 30 million of kingdom dollars, I'm not feeding 40 kids or 1,000 or 2,000. The more you give me, the more goes out, which causes more to come in, which I'll put more out, which will cause more to come in. I'm not, I'm not getting ahead by holding back, I'm getting ahead by giving out. There's an, uh, You know, I, I, now that we have the Bible college and I, I, I know younger ministers, they're starting to give me PTSD because I'm starting to have flashbacks from the first five to seven years in the ministry. Pastor called and canceled the meeting because he said they didn't have that much money coming in January, so they can't have a meeting. You, you, just, just shut the church down. Turn it into a vape shop now. Just, just beat, just go 20, just get to where you're going to be going in, in 15 years right now because you're stupid. If things are drying up, you don't get ahead by drying it up further. If the devil's pushing you, punch him in the mouth. Don't start canceling events. You say, you know what? We're going to have you in for one week. Let's do three weeks. Let's do morning and night. And if the devil's trying to discourage this church, we're going to press harder in Jesus' name. Save money. So, I'm so tired. If you can't tell, I know I'm doing a great job hiding it. I'm so tired of people trying to save God money. We get three to five quotes on everything we do. I'm not talking about that stuff. Everything we do makes money. We do the things at the lowest possible budget. Anything at this church has to make at least a dollar a year. If we have a coffee shop, if it doesn't make a dollar, it's getting closed down. This is not the U.S. government where other things do well and have to pay for other things that aren't doing well. Even the kids' ministry—I told them if those kids don't start giving more money in the offering, we're shutting down Super Church. No, just kidding. You know, not joking. I think the children's church offering last week was six hundred and some dollars. So I don't know what those kids are doing during the week, but we don't ask. Even the children are blessed bringing offerings before the Lord. This church is blessed. And we didn't get blessed by being cheap. We got blessed by giving and giving and giving. There's he that scattereth and increases all the more. And there's he that withholdeth. I've been around those ministries my whole life. Um, We're trying to get out of debt. So if you could just maybe like, if take the offering for us and then we'll give you an honorarium, but yeah. And then they're still in worse debt. They were in debt when I was coming out of Bible school, and they're in worse debt 20 years later and had to get rid of one of their buildings. That's one I could go through. Like, so when I got, when, when an evangelist tells me that these young guys, like the people don't learn, they don't read the Bible. Solomon is telling you, I didn't get rich by withholding. I got rich by giving. He wrote Ecclesiastes, cast your bread upon the water. You think I'm putting money in a savings account to get freaking 0.2%? Let me ask you a question. When you put your money in savings, are they keeping it in a box in the bank? How come that bank didn't want me to take my, my own money out? Because it's not sitting in an account. What are they doing with it? Investing in it. And they give you 0.2 or what, what, is, what is savings? What do they give you? 0.02, someone said. Wow, thanks. Thanks, bank. 0.02, you shouldn't have. Well, you guys are great. So they invest, making whatever, in a bad year, 6%, 11%. If it's Nancy Pelosi, 319%. Very lucky stock trader. Hits it every time. And then they chip you off a little. So they're making moves with your money, and you being, I'm saving. What are you saving for? You have no goals. You have no what. What are you saving for? To go play go karts in uh, Myrtle Beach when you're seventy-one, so you can go mini golfing in Hilton Head when you're eighty-one. That's what. That's what. Save for later. For later. What about now? Where are the scriptures? Where did Jesus say to save for later? And tell Peter, make sure you're set up for retirement. Where is that? Personally, I have money and savings that people my age would never have. And <laughs> ask anybody that's. Do I try to save money? Do I tip? Do I tip a normal amount? You tip crazy. Crazy tips. I'll tip so much. The last time I went to Del Frisco Steakhouse, my server, I never told him I was a pastor or anything. Just left a tip. A tip. And Sunday morning when I got the mic, my waiter was in the fifth row. (laughs) I don't know what religion you are, but I'm in. You, you see, I put that, that photo on, um, I put that photo on Instagram last night of the barber coming to the church to cut my hair before church. You know what I paid for my haircut? I, he didn't charge it. He, didn't charge, he said, I'll do it for free. $500 I gave him. You know why? Because that's what I have right now. Soon I'll give him more. Why am I, if I was a normal pastor, you know what I'd do? I'm the pastor. You go to my church. Can you do it for free? Why would I want somebody that's in my church to have less money? Why wouldn't I use that as an opportunity to bless him and his wife and his chief? He's got like five children. He doesn't need it. What's that scripture I taught the Bible college students? I think it's in the book of Luke. Is it 1426? Where Jesus, this is Jesus talking. Use your worldly resources to benefit others. Get it in motion. They call it currency because it's supposed to be in current. Even the money that I have in savings, I'm, put, I'm putting like tons of it in stocks. If I lose it, I would rather lose all of it than have the bank pay me 0.02% like some jabroni. Are any Italians in here? Can you translate jabroni to the rest of the people for me? <laughs> she said no. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be a, a patsy that gets used by PNC Bank, I can tell you right now. No offense to PNC Bank. But they're the ones when somebody gave us our first million dollars as a church, told us there's going to be a 5% handling charge. $50,000 for you to type in comma 000, 000. 50 grand? So then, no, then just, we're not going to cash the check and give us all of our money from our account. Okay, well, how's $50? Better. You know, I should have said, you know what? Actually, you kick in 50. I'm putting a million dollars in your account. Why should I have to pay anything? So I'm going to do data entry. You figure it out. Put me on hold for half my life. Last time I called tech customer service, I had to shave twice. When the lady finally answered the call, I was blowing out the candles on my birthday cake. you charge me to make money off my own money? I don't think so. People should be thankful I'm saved. I'm talking like Michael Corleone with a Bible in my hand. not happening. You think I'm joking around? What do we have opening up end of the summer? That's right. We're going to have our own bank run out of this church. It's called Prosperity Federal Credit Union. The government wanted us to have... The government wanted us to show that we had at least 200 people interested. We had 5,000 people fill out the survey. We got people telling us they got 400,000, 2 million. They're done. Chase Manhattan, they're done. You want to back abortion? Fine. You're not going to do it with our money. We're going to have our own money. We're going to bless people. We're not going to take advantage of people. God's people are going to inherit the earth. The righteous shall possess the land. Yeah, I'm done. And Vito Corleone did do that kind of stuff. If these guys coming over from Sicily could find a way to do that stuff, and I'm not saying, you know, we're going to blow up garbage trucks and stuff. <laughs> but don't push me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you think of these guys, fourth grade education from Sicily, and they, say, they came to America and thought, this is, I'm not getting used like that. So, yeah, they didn't do it maybe the best. Although I will tell you, they did a much better job running New York than the people that are running it now. Sure you had a garbage truck blow up once a month or something, but hey, <laughs> yeah, because they they didn't know the Bible, so they, they saw how wicked this stuff is and thought, I'm not participating in that. I'll, we'll make our own system. Well, God had the Jewish people do that, and then we're grafted into the same covenant. I'm not leaving the world. I'm not only going to eat at restaurants that are owned by Christians. I'm not going to go to Eaton Park. Excuse me. Is, are you a Christian? No, I'll eat a smiley cookie or whatever. But Christians have been played in this country. That's why we're 100 million people strong in this country, and you'd think we were 10 people. No power. Politicians don't get their money from Christians. They have a dinner with 13 people in Long Island, and they say, if you do this, this, and this, if you'll promote transgender rights, and uh, open borders and World Health Organization treaties will give you $300 million, the 13 of us, to fund your campaign. We're in a Christian. Christian, then in church, they're coloring in a thermometer to raise uh, 700 bucks for the youth car wash so they can buy sponges and hoses. Praise the Lord. The Johnson family gave $25, really. <laughs> who, who taught us to live like that? The blessing of the Lord makes a man and addeth no. That's what the Bible says. That's what I'm going to have. That that scripture will never change. I don't care how evil the people are that get into power, which by the way, the pendulum is swinging back the other way. When I tell you the theme for this year is the righteous shall possess the land, America is rejecting everything that's of the antichrist spirit. It's being vomited out of this country. I believe the UN's going to leave New York. I believe America is going to have one more open window for the thing to get shaken, and we're going to be a part of it in on the ground floor in Pittsburgh. There's he that gives a ridiculous amount, and actually increases all the more. That's what Solomon said. Because that's how Solomon was. You know how many burnt offerings you were supposed to offer before the Lord? Seven. You know how many he offered in 1 Kings 3? One thousand. Oh, God, you want seven? How's a thousand? How about I see your seven and raise you 993? And that night God appeared to him and said, Tell me what you want, my friend. Because there's he that gives all the more, yet increases all the more. But some said, then there's other people that are cheap, always cutting corners. If you're watching me and you're a preacher and you like this ministry and stuff, and you read my books, if you don't tithe, none of it will ever work. If 10% of everything that goes into your ministry doesn't go out to another ministry, you'll always be begging for money, having fundraisers. I don't find any gift in the Bible that's, and he gave unto them apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and fundraisers. Brother Jonathan, I'd love for you to come to our TV station and take an offering for us. No, thank you. I don't even like, actually, this is my least favorite part of the service. But offerings are given so that the people can get into financial covenant with God with their own money. And there's a mentality in America and in the church that you get ahead by saving. The Bible says a fool spends everything he gets. Don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not talking about not having a budget and being stupid. But I am telling you, it's not a secret to increase in the natural to here to start a second church in Fort Worth when you're having to build one here. That's expense. Church plants are expense off the bat. I don't care. Because everything in the spirit works the opposite. The more you give, the more you receive. That church was fully self-sustaining by week one, by the way. It's an income source, even though it wasn't started for that. Because everything God tells you to do has a blessing on it, including the tithe and the offering. You got pastors. Now, it's one thing if you're some, like, dried-up denomination. When you have a luxury watch on and you tell a youth speaker at your church that there's no money in the budget for for a speaker fee, how do you you treat a a 23-year-old like that? 24-year-old. Happened to me. In fact, I could tell you the guy's name. His name's Mark. I won't tell you the last name. I went there to preach. It was the year before I got married, Massachusetts. They didn't give me anything. It's my, my, it's, it's, that's my livelihood. So I go home. I thought, well, maybe they'll send it or whatever. Two weeks go by, nothing. So I, I called. Hey, uh, I just want to make sure you had my right address or whatever. No, we're not. We weren't really able to. We didn't have that in the budget. He never told me that. I didn't agree to come. The Bible says that when people come, you do well to take care of traveling teachers. And then he... Uh, Oh, I didn't know you wanted anything. What do you think I... Now, here it is 20 years later. He's in a church. I can pull it up on Facebook Live. If that was given odds on it, I'd say the over under on attendance day would be 19.5. You take over 20 up. Then there's the VIG. So 20, 20 up. I'd say he'd have about 19 people, and I bet you he's going to be, take a bunch of time begging for money. You know why he doesn't have any money? You can read all the scriptures you want, because you don't give. And if you don't give, you won't receive. You don't get ahead by not giving. You get behind by not giving. We had 12 people on staff when we started this church. There's 51 now. I didn't make cuts. No, that's enough. No, keep hiring. If there's a need higher, we're growing. We're going to facilitate growth, but it costs money. That's right, and God's not stupid. So as you keep going forward and run more buses, when we did the, how many of you were at Steel City Fest? I had people waiting in the parking lot for me after the, the service that had been saved that day. Pittsburgh Steel City Fest, we rented that stadium, $300,000. I'm not preaching about God in some building that testifies against God. Water-stained ceiling tiles crackling sound system, you're going to tell people you serve Almighty God? I don't think so. That's why those type of people don't respect the church. Bankers don't respect the church because every pastor's in there, can I please borrow some money? When El Shaddai said, I'll make you the lender and never the borrower. This church is not only never going to borrow money, we got a bank coming that's going to lend money because I'm going to have what the Bible says I can have. I'm going to be who the Bible says I can be. And so shall you. Amen. People got saved. You know, inner city people can be, that's not a black statement, white, black, Hispanic, any, Anise, inner city people, because if you live in the city, you have to be aggressive. You have to get on the bus before it's crowded. You have to move quick. I go back to my car after all these people get saved. What do we have, 800 and some get saved the first night? Hey, You said there's going to be buses for us, right? Like a threat. Yeah, I'm going to have buses for you. I'm glad you're aggressive about going to church. I will have buses for you. Make sure you register and they'll be there to pick them up. They went, all right, make sure they're there. I said, I will. Well, we had so many people sign up for busing. That week, it was $53,000 to run buses. So I ran them. I I wasn't going to be like the church I preached at in Central California where the lady got saved. Um, do you guys have a bus ministry? Yes, but we don't run it out this way. What, to save gas? So you let her go to hell so you can save gas money. Let me tell you. I almost said, you'll go to hell. But then the more I think about it, they may go to hell. That, that would irritate Jesus. You're not going to spend gas money? It's not like it was in, in, in Nevada or Ohio, it was in their town. We don't run buses out this way. You got a lady that just got saved that wants to go to your church and you won't spend the gas or get an extra bus because the money means more to you than the people. That's what it is that makes Jesus want to throw up. I'll vomit you out of my mouth. I don't like that. People matter, not money. Money is to get people. You spend money to get people. You don't get people to get money. You spend money to get people, and then God keeps the money flowing. That's why your ministry's small. You don't spend any money. There's no money on outreach. You sit in your living room and criticize everybody that's on TV, but at least they have something they believe in to put on TV. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. You know what they did? They just criticized. Criticized people. That we're doing something. Criticize Jesus because he was moving. Spend money to get people. Souls. What, what has more value? Souls or money? Souls. Worth more than the combined value of the whole economy of California and Texas. What profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his? Soul. Is there anything more valuable than a man's soul? Nope. So, they don't spend. They won't spend. Cutting back on, get, on buses. Cutting back. We're cutting back. COVID hit, we're laying off our staff because, because what? It's time to go forward. When COVID hit, we went, where's Patrick? Pat, when, when COVID hit, how many kids were we feeding today? 200 or 800? 200? We were feeding 200 kids a day when I heard that COVID hit and they were saying that churches would be most affected financially. We went from 200 to 800 that day. Because I thought the way that I kicked this thing in the tail is the devil wants me to call and say, hey, we have to cut back on our giving. No, Lord, if, if the devil's trying to attack finances, then we're going to give four times what we're giving now. And I'm going to see if I'm going to go bankrupt, I'm going to go bankrupt my way, which is going to be giving. But you know what you find out? You can't go bankrupt giving into the soil of God. <laughs> So, say something with me. Say give, give. And it shall come back to you. Give. Let me tell you one thing and then I'll take the offering. How does it come back? Because that's what people would like to know. It's not all checks in the mail. It comes back quite a few ways. One of the ways it comes back is by, say with me, divine instruction. Peter gave Jesus his boat, Luke chapter 5 to preach. Peter gave it back, or Jesus gave it back, and then he gave him an instruction. Now go launch your boat out into the deep. Let down your nets and you'll catch some fish. And when he did, the nets were so full of fish, they began to break. Soon their fishing partners came, and their nets were full of fish and began to break, and the boats began to sink. Divine instruction. We upped from 200 to 800. And uh, my uncle Ted called me a few months later, "Jonathan, if you can find a, the Lord told me when I was praying today, if you can find a way to get check the news on national television in October before the election, God will double your ministry. We made it happen. We went on every night. We went from having 100 or 200 people watching us on YouTube at a time to 19,000, 22,000. I was watching Fox on um, YouTube. They had 26,000 watching at a time. We had 22,000 watching at a time before YouTube took us off. We had a whole prison get saved. We had 168 people watching the news calling to receive Jesus Christ in one night money came from everywhere. We picked up thousands of partners. Probably we came my friends from Nevada found me at some time during that point. That's what exploded the ministry by a divine instruction because when you give, you get on God's radar and God said okay, if this guy's not a selfish jerk and he actually lets money go through him, I'm going to give him some instruction to show him where the treasures that are now hidden in darkness are and I'm going to funnel into his hand and he's interested in my kingdom. If he builds my house, I will build his house. Can you say amen? This is a giving church. Super giving. We run at a surplus, despite our best efforts to not run at a surplus. We spent an extra fifty-three thousand on buses to get the people in that day, and two different people walked up to me with tears in their eyes, and handing me checks for 200000 The offering that day was just under half a million. Normal offering back then was like 40000 Because if you go after people with the money, you never run dry with money. What sense does it make for Billy Graham to rent Three Rivers Stadium to go preach to a bunch of people that aren't even Christians? What sense does it make for Dag Haywood Mills to go and preach to people? The total offerings in Cabinda for the week, two services a day for a week, were $4,000. There's no money there. Costs 300000 to do it. Why do it? And he's got the most blessed ministry on the face of the earth. It doesn't make any sense. Because supernaturally, God, things don't make sense. What you make happen for others, God makes happen for you. God owns. See, if I go bless a poor person with no expectation of them doing anything for me, just doing it to help them, God said, I'll reward you. So how much money does God have? He says, I own how much of the silver and the gold? All of it. Now, if I knew that person owned all the silver and all the gold, I'd definitely help them in the natural. Oh, yeah, I'll get on their good side. But God said, I own all the silver and gold, and if you help them, if you help people who you know can't pay you back, then your heavenly Father will pay you back. Oh, yeah. Say out loud, what I make happen for others. God makes happen for me. During COVID, I was walking to our other office across the street in Bridgeville. There was a dentist there. And the thought occurred to me, man, it must stink to be a dentist right now because they made it a non-essential business. So they can't have any customers, but your bills don't stop. And I own the building that they're in. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to put some seed in the ground. I'm going to make something happen for someone else, believing that one day down the road, God will make something happen for me. I had Patrick call him, tell him, uh, send their rent payment back, their lease payment back for this month. And. Tell them they don't have to pay lease this month. Then we had a great month. So I thought, man, why not do it again? So we did it March. Then we did it April. Let's do May. Why make them start paying in June? Let's forgive it in June. How many years did we not receive lease payments from them? Until we sold the building, So two years or so? We never told them don't pay. We just had them send it and then send it back. They never paid. What business sense does that make? I wasn't doing it for free. I wasn't doing it to help them. I was doing it. What I make happen for others, God makes happen for me. Now, don't you do that in your business because you're not me. So you'll just be poor because you'll do it like two months. We're not having any income. We heard how you forgave those people. We haven't been charging anyone. Don't do it. I'm just telling you what I did. Because you won't do it with an expectation of a reward, most of you. You just do it like to be nice. I wasn't doing it to be nice. Look at my face. I don't do anything to be nice. The mean face. So we kept giving it back. I've never met them. If they were sitting here, I wouldn't even know who they are. And then, gee, what a shock. We get given a $5.7 million building. Just pay $10,000 a month, and it's yours. And after three months, they hand us back all the checks, just like we handed them back all their checks, and gave us the deed, and the building's free. And then even here, you know, we don't have to pay anything for this. I do pay, because I like the man who owns it. I don't like taking advantage of people's kindness. You build a, a place this nice, and it's a business venture. I want to help, not take advantage. You have enough people in life that try to take advantage of you because you're rich. He didn't tell me you don't have to pay anything. You just use it. You know, he was going to build me Tuffy was going to build on the side of this building a green room with furniture so I could have a place to study before I preach. Who does? He's the, he owns the Riverhounds, soccer. He's not a preacher, green room builder. I said, don't build it. I study at home and I come in time to get the mic. I do my study in, at my house. Okay, I'll do it if you want though. You know, who does? Why? Because what you make happen for others, you start attracting things to your life. And then do things at the level God's blessed you. I'm not still feeding 80 kids a day because I've changed financial levels about 10 times and it would be an insult to God to still be giving like it was 2020. Then not you say amen? So I just wanted you to know that when you give. There's he that withholdeth, thinking they're going to get ahead, but it tends to poverty. I can't save up enough money. <laughs> this new building's going to cost, I don't know, $25 million when it's all said and done, 20000000 million. I'm not going to save that up. I'm going to give it up. I'm actually feeding those kids to build that building. That's my investment into their little empty bellies. And when I make happen for them, God will make happen for me. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those little kids' bellies are my ETF. An ETF, of five, a collection of 5,000 empty bellies in Uganda and Nicaragua. And kids that don't have any food and they can't go to school because they fall asleep out of hunger. At around 11 o'clock and they kick them out of class. They walk up and go to sleep for a day or so. Frickin' malnourished because a bunch of churches around Pittsburgh are going to have a bunch of things pinned up on their backboard proudly that they support this missions organization for $7 a month. You should be ashamed of yourself, $7 a month. We don't have any money. That's why you don't have any money, because God doesn't like you. You've ticked him off as a church. Just wanted to say some kind, uplifting words before we receive the offering. (laughs) Imagine imagine being in an American church and putting on your wall that you support this missionary for $20 a month. $20 a month. $20. $20 for a family that's preaching. Then just don't support them. I'm going to tell you right now, Pat, what's the minimum we send anybody that we support a month? Do we do anybody less than 1,000? Maybe somebody 500? Okay, how many people do we do for 500? Okay, they must be from like leftovers. Up it to 1,000. So then, now that we up them to 1,000, we don't do anybody for less than 1,000, huh? What's the most we do? Dag for 20,000 a month. You yeah, have somebody, you know, and really, is 20,000 a month a sufficient seed from a church for somebody that's having 26,000 people come to get saved? I don't know. That's why, but I did do a quarter million as a church. We did a quarter million in November, and we're going to do another quarter million when I, I'm going back in March. I won't miss a Sunday. I'll be back. But in between, I'm going to go to Liberia, and we're going to pay for that whole thing too as a church, a quarter million. And that's why we will never lack, because what you make happen for others, God makes happen for you. All right, grab an offering envelope. That's not the sermon. That was just me getting very fired up, because I can't stand cheap preachers. With all of my heart, I can't stand them. So how much would you like to come? How much would you like paid if you come preach here? Just keep all of it. You take it. I don't want anything you have at all, ever. I don't want to even look at you in your cheap little face. I like generous people like Jesus. Master, send the crowds away because they're getting hungry. You feed them. It costs a small fortune to feed a crowd like that. Tell them to sit down in groups of fifty or one hundred, and tell them I'll have them bread and fish for everybody. That's Jesus. gave, gave, and gave, and gave, and gave, and gave till he gave out all his own blood. He's a giver. Father, I thank you for that spirit of generosity. I thank you for the giving grace that you talked about in Second Corinthians eight and nine, to give. To not withhold, to look at others, to esteem others more, more highly than ourselves. In Jesus' name. You want to know something? This is my cousin Preston. I'm not saying it because he's my cousin. He's a giver. He's a big giver. He'll go to a, a, a meeting with no people. How many people were at that meeting in Maine, that, that tent meeting they had you do? Seven. How many nights was it? Three nights, seven people a night in Maine. What came in the offering? No, but I thought you had more coming after that. Somebody gave you a big check on the way out. Yeah, and he's had meetings with little people like over ten thousand that we can't pay you, and then somebody gives him because he's a giver. I've watched it happen with him. I watched it happen with Camila. Let me tell you something today. As you give in this offering, these preachers promise people that if they give, they'll be blessed. Yeah, it's right there. Learn to read. I know you work for CNN, but sound out the words from left to right. The letters are in groups called words, and then they go left to right, and they make sentences which form complete thoughts. When you give in this offering today, your children will never know lack. You will never know lack. Your business will never know lack. You are taking part today in the work of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and there is a reward for it that is great in Jesus' name. Hold up your seed before the Lord. Fort Worth. RevivalToday.com. Click give now. Thank you for your giving. We are going to pay for that whole crusade. So if somebody wants to cut the whole check for a quarter million, I have nobody in mind. I'm just throwing it out there like I always have. There's individual people that could do what a whole church full of people do. I don't know if there's any ministries we support that we're not their biggest donor. 20000 a month, 1000 a month, 5000 a month. If you're going to get behind somebody, get behind them. Why support 100 missionaries that they don't feel it? Why not just pick one and do something that matters? Father, thank you for a hundredfold return coming back on all your people today. Break any spirit of cheapskateness. You foul demon of cheapskateness. It's on people that are watching on YouTube. I command you to be broken off the life of every Christian. Cause them to realize they don't get ahead by cutting back. They get ahead by moving ahead. In Jesus' name. I pray from February till December, the businesses and people who are represented in this room and online would have the most financially amazing 11 months that they've ever had. Ministries will not lack. Churches will not lack. Evangelistic ministries will not lack. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Go ahead and receive the offering. Go ahead and sing. A great big hand clap! One more time. How many appreciate Sister Clarita and all the great singers and musicians? Tremendous job! And of course, Lo, the greatest drummer in the history of drums. You can be seated. Take your Bibles if you would. Open to Daniel chapter three. This is going to be a little bit of a different twenty minutes. Everybody say impartation. I'm going to preach a message I've never preached before. It's entitled, No Compromise, The Blessing and Power of People Who Won't Bow. No Compromise, The Power and Blessing for Those Who Won't Bow. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible, Daniel 3. You're going to get an impartation as you listen to this. You're going to leave here stronger than you've ever been. Daniel 3.1, King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue, 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all these officials came, stood before the king, the, uh, the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted, people of all races and nations and languages. Listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bowed to the ground and worshipped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But some of the astrologers went to the king and ratted out the Jews, informed in the New Living. Everyone say, ratted out. So Daniel 3 is going to show you an important principle that snitches get stitches. It's a godly concept. Some of the astrologers went and ratted out the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. You issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you've put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you've set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I've set up? I'll give you one more chance to bow down. Everybody say one more chance and worship the statue I've made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse to bow, you'll immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. Then what, God, will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the fire, our God is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty, but even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you We will never serve your gods and we will never worship the statue you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. How many of you have ever seen your mother like that? He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. Ram, I told you to cue up my dad preaching in New York. If you would, grab me preaching in Newark off that thing where I said, we're not shutting the crusade down, and then me uh, praying for the police. I'll give you some time to get it. And if you can't get it, it's okay, because I called an audible, and it's not really fair to you. Then he ordered, uh, and because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to all his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men, unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them, saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their head was singed and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. If they went in with Aquadagia, they came out with Gio. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation, or language. Speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They will be torn limb from limb. You know, this guy had anger problems. Ever heard of a fine? They'll be thrown in a furnace. Animals will rip your arms off. Hey, easy. Have some breakfast and lay down. They'll be torn limb from limb. Oh, geez, not done. Their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions of prominence in Babylon. What the title today? No Compromise. Shout that out. No Compromise. The power and blessing for those who won't bow. You are having in America right now a resurgence of boldness in the American people. American people used to be bold. You never could have done the COVID lockdowns in the 1970s or 1980s. Nobody would have shut their bar. Nobody would have closed any factories. They wouldn't have listened. And there's been engineering, whether it's TikTok or some type of PSYOP, where they're trying to weaken the population and people have bought into it. But that's all getting flipped around. American people have woken up and realized what's happening and there's a resurgence of boldness. I want to tell you, you know, when I when I, uh, when I refused to shut our ministry down during COVID and we made international news, I had a lady call me that was my Sunday school teacher at one point. And she said, Jonathan, you're only causing a lot of trouble, you know. You could go to jail. Why are you doing that? I said, you did this to me. You read me these stories in the Bible when I was seven about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In fact, that was the teacher that read me the true story. I've looked it up. That in the Soviet Union, they went to a public school. And they threw a Bible on the ground and everybody had to spit on the Bible, every student. And one girl bent down, wiped the spit off and kissed it and they shot her in the head in front of her classmates. They read us that at eight years old, seven years old. They would tell us these stories and tell us if the day ever comes in America, God forbid, that you're forced to choose between serving God and death. You must choose to serve the Lord. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. I don't know who all listened, but I listened. And at seven years old, I made up my mind. I'm in this thing to the death. I'll serve God when it's comfortable, but if it ever turns tide and it goes the other direction, I'm in this thing, not when it's easy. I'm going to do what's right all the time. And now I've found in this city a thousand extra people who have made up their mind. I will not bow to Baal. I will not kiss his face. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I want to tell you the power that's in it. And I want to tell you the blessing that's in it and you'll get the impartation just while I'm preaching and we'll dismiss and begin our great week. This is a pastor's conference that took place this week. You know what I have found is that the people of God are very strong, but they've had trouble finding leadership that would lead the way. Couldn't get a pastor to write you a letter to not get the vaccine. Couldn't get a pastor to write you a letter. No, we don't want to get sued. Our insurance company called us in in the middle of the uh, the first couple weeks of the pandemic. We'll drop you as a client if you keep preaching. We won't insure you. Then drop me. I used to not need any insurance because my ministry was so small, there was nothing to insure. The only reason I need insurance is because God has blessed me. I'm not letting the Aflac duck call the shots in this ministry. Our lawyers don't make the decision we serve god and do what is right so this pastor's conference took place this week this is what they're teaching pastors in america roll it
4: it's tempting to think okay oh, i've got to preach the sermon the sermon that will like you know reframe everything solve all my problems and that turns out to be for most pastors a really flawed process because the sunday morning sermon is actually a really bad way to deal with something like politics. It's one-to-many communication. It's mm-hmm. limited. People are bound to misunderstand even you know a small thing you say. People will filter what you're saying through their existing political biases. In 30 minutes, I guarantee you, if you go up on Sunday morning, in most congregations, and you try to preach the one sermon on politics that you haven't been preaching on for a long time, uh, your Monday morning inbox uh, is gonna be an ugly scene. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's honestly why most pastors or many pastors... Just
1: because I don't want to be anything like this guy, let me just say the opposite of everything he's saying. This is a pro-life church. We're not for the murder of babies. This church stands with the nation and the people of Israel from now through the millennium. This church is for righteousness. This church is not for taxing churches to pay for condoms and abortions. This church is a righteous church. It's a holy church, and it always will be a righteous and holy church.
4: Continue uh, with this. Don't preach on politics on Sunday morning because they instinctively know my Monday morning inbox is going to look awful if I do that. Oh, my God. So the, the challenge we need is to I give feel the the churches and pastors a way to, it. to head in towards healthy Christian politics that doesn't force uh. them to preach this magical Sunday morning sermon that will solve everything. And the after party is our attempt to do that so that you don't have to do all the heavy lifting. And also... Frankly, you don't have to take the bullseye, right? Because this way, if you run the after party in your small group community, uh, in your Bible studies and so forth like that, then if people get mad, they get mad at Curtis, Russell, and David. (laughs) They get less mad at you. You can have plausible deniability, right? You can just say, hey, you know... I don't agree with everything these guys say, but I think they're worth listening. That's the classic move. You know, well, you, you can tell it off a pastor. Put right? it back to me. So I just wanted to show you this because that's what's being taught to
1: pastors. Don't mention any issues from the pulpit. Just preach crap, you know, like like uh, be nice and how many flowers grow and the flowers are a sign that there's a sky. Whatever. I don't know. I don't smoke that much weed to come up with those types of sermons. But they're telling you, stay out of politics, have your small group leaders do it. So in other words, I'll tell, now I'm not going to mention abortion from the platform. I'm not going to mention anything about Israel, but I'm going to have you do it and you do it and I'll have Pastor Dean do it and Pastor Sammy and Pastor Jay and Maddie. And then if somebody sends an angry email, then what did he say? You have plausible deniability. Are we in the ministry or the CIA? So then if you get mad at what he taught that I told him to teach, I say, well, you know, I don't really agree. I don't know why he said that. And that's what they're teaching. They're actually raising people up. And I got to be careful because I took way too much time on the offering. But uh, I can't get deep into it. This has been a plan since the 1960s where there started to be secular funding into Bible colleges. Now, you had full gospel Bible colleges that had pastors as instructors, like we have here. But then they made it where if you wanted to be accredited by the state to get student loan money, you had to have a minimum amount that had PhDs and masters. Well, there's only a few places where you can get a PhD or masters uh, to teach to, in, in a seminary. Those seminaries were bankrolled by liberal George Soros connected groups that began to undermine the authenticity of the Bible, the inerrancy of scripture on down the line so you start filling these bible colleges with people that have the spirit of the world and like him and then it produces a pastor that when the government says churches have to shut down they they're scared that their email inbox who's scared of emails writing the feelings. Did you see what they wrote? And they they made those kind of men. When you read the Bible, that man is not anything like you read in the Bible. That man doesn't remind you of Elijah. (laughs) Elijah flushed things down the toilet that had more strength than he had. Elisha, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, when you read the men in the Bible, you know for people to tell you during Covid that these pastors that are going to jail are a disgrace to Christianity and the church should work with the government. Let me ask you a question. If the church is not to cause any trouble, why were half the books written from prison or written by people that were executed by the government? We're not looking to cause trouble, but if push comes to shove, we don't deny the Bible, we don't deny our faith. We don't don't deny our families. We are born again, book of Acts, Christians. Hey, let me tell you something. If anybody's taking this, watching online, as some kind of anti-America, anti-government uh, uh, comment, it, you're going to find out. You think we're the problem. The church is the only thing propping this nation up. You take Christians out of this place, this thing is over in like one week. The church is what is the benefit to America. We're not teaching people to destroy this nation or its leaders. We are teaching people to do work and pay. We're the ones that don't have to get chased down for child support and raise our families and go to work and pay our bills. Well, if you try to make us do what the Bible says not to do and perform same-sex marriages or take our tax-exempt status, what? Whatever threat you're going to make, if you threaten us with our tax status, I'll mail you my 501c3 coated in Vaseline with an official letter that says, "Feel free to use as a suppository." You can't control us with money. You can't control us with threats. We are not a nonprofit. We are the Church of the Living God, and we will not bow to bail. Somebody shout hallelujah. So I wanted to show this because everybody will have their opportunity. And I felt in my spirit when I was getting this message ready that there's people now, everybody has their opportunity to deny Christ and deny their convictions. The devil doesn't start big. There's going to be a demon waiting for you outside of church, cut an upside down cross in your forehead and chant to Satan. That's not what he does. Just bow to the statue. Hey, God knows your heart. Let me ask you a question. Were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego the only Hebrews in Babylon? No. They were the only ones we have record of that wouldn't bow. Um, You know, you guys can do more for the Lord alive than dead. Yeah, little, little compromise. Don't go to jail, Jonathan. You got to think about your wife and kids. My wife knows. My wife would divorce me if I acted like some of these ministers did in 2020 through 2022, she didn't marry a woman, she married a man. (laughs) Live in a way that your children respect you. There's people all over the world that live in countries where to choose to serve the Lord. I'm going in Vancouver, Canada, I'm going to such a place. The church is full of Iraqi Christians. You become a Christian in Iraq, You got some huevos. That means eggs in Spanish. If you have a dirty mind, that's on you. So they're strong Christians. Everybody say strong Christians. This church, we have strong Christians. We have physically strong Christians. Do you know we bought a building and we're turning it into a gym? Revival Today Fitness is going to have its own gym. They're trying to make weak men and weak women. We're going to be physically strong, mentally strong, and have the fire of God in our spirit. We're going to be the opposite of everything they're trying to churn out. We're not going to be a bunch of flabby, weak-willed, spineless people. We're going to be strong men, Americans that are strong, strong husbands, Strong wives. Strong children. Everybody say strength is coming back. Oh yeah, I got happy this week. I read they put a tampon dispenser in the boys' bathroom in a Connecticut public school and the boys tore it down in 18 minutes. Good job, boys. It's not going to fly here. You can take that spirit and send it back to hell. This is not Canada. This is not Europe. This is the United States of America. We don't eat ants and crickets. We eat ribeye and elk and venison. You're not going to turn us into some hellish country with no church. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? So they went to shut me down in Newark. Newark. Back in 2018, they put road signs up that this is the last night of the the festival because so many Muslims were getting saved. The Muslim city council put pressure and shut the meeting down. This is what I said. And then notice what happened. When they defied the king's command, the king respected them. You think you win people by by countailing, but you lose respect. Those people don't actually believe in their God. Anytime we tell them to shut the church down, they close it. If it snows three inches, did you actually think your pastor that closes church for two inches of snow was going to stand against government tyranny? No, you're once a runner, always a runner. But the church, the, the Bible doesn't take note of runners, it takes notes of fighters people, men that stand, men that have conviction, men that on, on principle don't bow. Those are the men we attract here. Most churches, you know, because of how they preach, and we're, we're pro-women. I married a woman. I helped make another woman. <laughs> not every pastor can say that. So we're, we're, this is not an anti-woman statement, but they've so feminized the gospel that most churches now, some are seven to one women to men. Some are nine to one women to men. There's nothing for men. There's no message that would make a guy like Brock in the, in the tan sport coat come and listen. How many of you just want to sit in Abba's lap? He doesn't. He doesn't want to. I also don't want to. I never did that with my father. If I did, he would paddle me. Tell me, get off my lap. Don't do that again. You're freaking me out. So just so you know, I'm not blowing smoke. Now, you might not have to do this, but I'm going to tell you what you're going to see on this screen. Didn't start in New Jersey. Started when I went to public high school and they had AIDS awareness day. And they had 50 of us in a classroom, and the two lecturers from a sorority at the University of Maine, women, said, now, they think some of you are going to be abstinent until marriage, but we know no one's going to do that. Okay, well, we won't assume. Everyone stand on this side of the room. Now, if you're actually going to abstain from sex until marriage, go stand over there, and we'll see how many go. You know, everyone looked at me. They knew. It's like I had virgin written in Sharpie. (laughs) They knew I was a Christian. Do you know how little I felt like walking over there in history class? Why do I have to tell you my sexual plans? This is U.S. history. Leave me alone. They should be glad they got 16-year-old me and not 43-year-old me. <laughs> everyone looked at me. My face went. You, you say, well, I wish I could be like Jonathan. I wasn't like me. My face got red. I was embarrassed. Why do I have to do this? I thought, but yeah, I could just stand. It's nobody's. I could just, it's not everyone's business. I don't need. Said, no, you know what? All right, you gave an altar call. Oh, oh, there's one. Well, we respect your decision. Oh, thank you. Thank you, skanks. I appreciate the validation. Thank you for approving of my decisions. It means a lot. Let the other girls at the sorority know I appreciate the respect you're showing me. Been easy, just duck my head. You know, I had two students come up to me at the end of my time at that high school, and they both said, "Hey, we want you to know we're Christians too, and we really admired the stand that you took." I no one knew. I never knew. But hey, thanks, thanks for hanging me out to dry. <laughs> we're Christians too. He just, I don't know that you are really. The Bible says heaven's the home of overcomers to all who overcome. There's a strength. You're not going to meet religions a crutch. No, it's not. You're not going to meet people who need crutches in heaven. You're going to meet people like Samson. You can meet people like David, like Joe Ash, who if you got in trouble, would kick Joe Ash. That's how he got his name. He was a fighter. No, seriously, you can read it in the commentary. It's in Matthew Henry. Meet people, meet people that stood back to back. One guy attacked a lion in his own cave. David got sheep out of lions' mouths, and then he said, if the lion or bear turns on me, i beat it to death. That's called a psycho. Jesus was a strong man. King Herod said, if you don't stop doing what you're doing, he's going to kill you. Go tell that fox I'll keep healing the sick, preaching the gospel, and casting out devils till I'm ready to go. They, they, they cornered him on a cliff, and he said, I've done many good works. Which one are you getting ready to kill me for? For no good work, but for you being a mere man claiming to be the son of God. But he walked right through them, and no one dared lay a hand on him. No one takes my life from me. I lay it down willingly. Paul wasn't a, Paul wasn't a wimp. They stoned him to death. They gathered around him to bury him, and he popped up from the rocks and went back into the city to keep preaching. So how do you go from that to this, to to whatever this is? I don't know, but I'm not. I don't know what happened to the church in the last... Actually, COVID was just an exposure of what had already taken place. But thank God, in the midst of that, God is raising up churches. Of steel-spined believers that serve the Lord with all their heart and stand against this world. Play Newark.
2: The Islamic city government of Newark, however, had different plans, making every effort to shut us down completely: Pause. We had
1: 1,700 people receive Jesus Christ on night one, and so lots of them were Muslims. So the Muslims put pressure on the city council. I go, I have permits for the whole week. They have highway signs. Tonight's the last night. Go ahead.
2: On night three, the city placed a sign in the park announcing that it was the conclusion of Festival of Life. They thought they had brought the crusade to an end, but to their defeat, Evangelist Jonathan certainly had something to say in response.
1: I see they put signs out there. there. This is the final night of the festival of life. I have one question to ask. Who do you think you are? You You didn't call me me into the ministry. God called me into the ministry. And when God sends you, no devil can send you back. If you think I'm some spineless punk preacher, you got the wrong gun. I came to get this message to the people. And no devil in hell is going to stop it. Hey, Ron, do you have the cops asking for prayer? I'll give you a little time if you need to get it. So you'd think the cops would come up and arrest me, right? All 21 cops came and said, would you please pray for us? Just like what happened with Nebuchadnezzar. Bible says, you defied the king's command. He's the king. See, they actually respect that you believe in your God. Well, you're going out causing problems. No, I don't compromise. I'm sorry. I'm not going to give Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are giving everybody else a hard time for bowing. But how come we're supposed to respect everyone's decisions in life? You're a man, you want to be a woman? We're supposed to respect it. You're going to get a couple booby implants and go to Ross Dress for Less, get a nice skirt. We don't say anything. That's your choice. We're to respect people's choices. Isn't that what they say? But isn't it interesting that there's still one choice no one respects? One choice everyone feels free to mouth off. Are you going to church this morning? You think you're better than us? You think you're better? The- you have gotten a few dirty looks on your way out of the building from whoever comes in next to use the facility? We didn't even do anything. You're just right. <laughs> you just... You can feel the spirit of the world. They don't like the spirit of the world hates the spirit of God. It's not even the people. Just take the people out of the equation. Why do, they, why do you get dirty looks? Because you're a reminder that they've compromised. I thought, the TV told me no one goes to the church anymore. Hmm. I don't feel so good about sleeping in on Sunday. I hate you and your suit jacket. You've ruined my Sunday. (laughs) So here's the cops after, and then, (laughs) I've told you this before. So you think you mouth off like that. No one's going to stop this meeting. I'm going to do what I want. Let the cops come up and say, hey, we're arresting you right now. They came to the altar. Then they said, would you please pray for all of us? Well, I was in preacher mode. I wasn't thinking that they're police. I was just, okay, you want prayer? I'll pray. So I said, oh, you lift your hands. So all 21 cops. Then I'm praying like this. So I got my finger and 21 cops like this. And this guy in a sideways Yankees hat walked by. I kid you not, one like this. How do you hold up 21 police officers with your finger? The boldness of righteousness is more powerful than any weapon on earth.
2: Roll it. It was a week of complete victory in Newark, New Jersey. The anointing during the crusade was so strong that even the police asked evangelist Jonathan for prayer.
1: No
2: No amount of Islamic city government opposition could even come close to stopping the power of God. Grocery boxes were given to those in need.
1: They showed the cops, right? And then two of the lady cops came up and said, we're having trouble uh, having babies. Could you pray that God opens our womb? Because they saw the miracles happen every night. So that's what you think you're gaining the respect of the world by doing a park cleanup once a month or once a week and doing food distribution, they don't respect you. That's why they shut you down. We built a bridge with the city. seems like the traffic only goes one way. Because when they shut you down, they didn't care how many cleanup days you did. There's one language the devil respects. Boldness. Power. They remarked about Jesus. He spoke as one with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. Now... If you're a teenager and you're here, if you're a university student and you're here, whoever you are, you might not have that crusade story. But some of you are going to have stories like the one I had in high school where it's a clear sign. Are you going to bow or are you going to stand? Some of you are facing consequences right now. If you won't compromise, What's the, the whole welfare system is built on that. If you get married, you immediately lose all benefits for you and your children. So there's people that come to church every Sunday and they know they're living in sin. They know they're having babies out of wedlock and it's wrong. But the devil has them by the money. Because if you marry that guy you're with, if you both come to the altar and say, the Bible says we need to bring this into covenant. They punish you. The world system. You wicked. You wicked politicians that have built a system that you take people's homes and the food of their children away if they get married and live according to God. But I even see the same way that Roe versus Wade flipped. I see that whole system flipping where they're going to start to give credits for having children in marriage, credits for marriage. In the name of Jesus, I curse that wicked system in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe it, can you say, I receive it? it. Everybody that's here, you have your own thing you're facing. You have your own furnace and the devil making threats. I want to throw this in as a side point. I'm going to skip a bunch of points because we're we're out of time. But I'm with you for the rest of your life so we can do it another time. Anytime the devil threatens you, do what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, call his bluff. Bluff. Sometimes he'll actually do it like he did to them. He threw him in the furnace. But your God's able to deliver you from the furnace. But notice what they said. It's actually a higher level than faith, Bishop David Oyedepo said. It's called trust. It was not unbelief to say, even if he doesn't. They said, our God is able and will deliver us out of the furnace. But just so you know, even if he didn't, I'd rather burn in your furnace than bow to your God. And until you get that in your bones... See, you can threaten people with death. I wonder, a lot of the pastors that shut their church down and turned their churches into vaccination clinics, I wonder if they're saved. I think a lot of them, because it's come out since, mistresses and homosexual affairs and stuff, I wonder if they were afraid of the virus. Because if you're going to die and go to hell, you don't have any boldness. See, this boldness is rooted in godliness. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weren't just bold, come and take it, to a bumper sticker. Pe- people. They they were godly people, because you notice there are a lot of Ford F three fifty driving come and take it bumper sticker people that were masked up and at home with their businesses shut down, because you know when your first and second amendment rights doesn't give you is not a substitute for the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. And obviously we're pro gun here. My wife was citing in during the offering last week. Even that, they, they, that's why they want guns taken away. They don't want the people to have power. They want your meals dictated to you, your money dictated to you by universal basic income, unarmed, so you, you can't do anything about it. People, three guys show up at your house, kick your door down and do whatever they want. You can't do anything. You can beat a police officer half to death and not go to jail. You knock over a statue of Satan. You're charged with a hate crime and put in prison. I'm going to tell you something, Iowa. You better fix that before God fixes it for you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Iowa. It's a good state full of good people, but you politicians, you better fix that this week. I'm, I'm warning you. I'm warning you on behalf of God. I'm not coming out there. I'm not sending anybody out there. I'm telling you, you better fix that this week, or there will be consequences from heaven. There are consequences from heaven. Say with me, there are consequences for evil, and there is reward for right doing. He not only delivered them from the fire, they were promoted to even higher positions. Now let me tell you something. How in the world does some lunatic like me that preaches and sweats like this and says the insane things I say, Get invited to be a part of two? Two of the people that are running for president right now have both asked me to help them. Privately, meet with them, pray with them. How? Because it's God that promotes. And God see, the devil tells you you'll get promoted if you bow. But actually the only people that died in that furnace were people that bowed. The men that came to throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in were killed by the flames. They bowed, they burned. The devil tells you, if you don't bow, you'll burn. But actually, if you bow, you'll burn. And if you don't bow, you can never burn because Jesus stands with those that stand for him. I see Jesus standing with you in everything you do this week. You're not going to do it in your own strength. He's going to give you the strength. In Jesus' name. Put a, put a couple of scriptures up quickly. Put up uh, James 4.4. 4. James 4, four. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world With the world is enmity of God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of this world is the enemy of God. That doesn't mean you can't have friends that don't go to church. That means if I'm a pastor and I write a book and the ladies on The View want to promote it, I wrote a bad book. Can you say amen? Amen. How does the devil tempt? Philippians 1, 27 to 29. Put that up. Philippians 1, 27 to 29. Boy, you guys are quick today. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Let me see NLT. That whether I come to see you or not, or be absent, I may hear of your affairs. That ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. 28 NLT. Above all, don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This is the Bible in the New Testament. Never be intimidated by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they're going to die, but that you're going to be saved by God himself. Don't allow yourself to be intimidated. Anytime somebody tries to intimidate you, react like David did to Goliath, if somebody shoots their mouth off, you have one too. You know what the Bible says? Any tongue that rises up against you, thou shalt condemn. Not he'll condemn, you condemn it. Read it all through the Bible. King Ahab came to Elijah. Oh, here's Israel's troublemaker. Elijah said, I've made no trouble for Israel. You and your wife have made the trouble. It doesn't sound very Christ-like. Yeah, because you have a pastor that graduated from some backslidden seminary. You don't even know who Jesus is. Pleasure. Satan tempts by death. You'll die. No, I won't die. You don't get to choose when I die. God said, with long life will he satisfy me. He's a furnace delivering God. I said, he's a furnace delivering God. Now, so don't be afraid of death. Then he tempts with pleasure. Lady, uh, lady in Philadelphia got saved in our meetings. She came up to me Friday. I had a word of knowledge before she even, she said, can I talk to you? I'm facing a difficult decision. I said, I know what it is. You got saved this week. You're living with a man with your three kids. And the man said, if you won't have sex with him anymore, you can't live in his house and you have nowhere to live. How'd you know? Because it's the same devil. It's the fifth time I've heard it. and I've only been in the ministry seven years. I'll give you a place to live. Joseph, sleep with me. I'll leave you for my husband. Then instead of being a slave, you can live in the house. And if he did it, he'd have died at best as head slave in Babylon instead of going where he's going. But he didn't say, I can't do this. You're a married woman. He said, how can I do such a wicked thing against God? Boldliness is rooted in the fact that you can do anything you want. Here's a scripture you won't hear in any church this Sunday morning. That Jesus said, don't fear men who can destroy your body on earth but can't do anything to your soul, but fear God who can both destroy your body here and destroy your soul in hell. You can put a bullet through my head, but I'm not finished because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'll receive a martyr's crown. I don't have a fear of death. I have a reward in heaven. If you believe it, can you say, I receive it? How many can feel your boldness getting preached into your spirit right now? And then he tempts with money. Luke chapter 4. Jesus, bow down to me. and The wealth and kingdoms of this world are mine to give to him ever I choose, for they've been delivered unto me. So bow down, I'll give you anything you want. Money. Put Proverbs 28, 1 up. Proverbs 28, verse 1. The wicked flee when no man pursueth but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Righteousness engenders boldness. Yeah, people don't know this. I have preachers to them. You know, if you preach the way you preach, you could get audited. Audit. I've been audited before. I'm not doing anything illegal. Knock yourself out. I had Patrick tell you the other night, if they said, if the FBI came and said, we want all your financials, he could have them for them within 10 minutes. I told him, have it ready. I know how I preach. The righteous are as bold as a lion, but if I have a mistress... Or two in Pittsburgh, and they're going to investigate me. And, you know, it'd probably better just to settle out of court. You know what Pastor Rodney told a lady that was going to do a frivolous lawsuit against the church? Both lawyers said we should just settle. He leaned across the table and said to the lady, I'll gladly spend $2 million for you not to get $1. She left. Bold. The way you stand the devil down. Let me tell you something. The devil goes after soft targets. When Jesus answered him three times, he left him alone. He doesn't... The Bible says, What the devil, and he'll flee. What? Most people, I'm being attacked. That's not resisting. Resisting's not, I'm being attacked. Keep me in prayer. Resist is, Who do you think you are? This is what the Bible says. We're going to do what the Bible says. Hey, we need you to shut down for COVID. Oh, no. You don't make that decision, Mr. Insurance Company. Okay, and we, we will still keep you as a client. We just, as someone we had to call. Yeah. You're not running the show. I answer to God. I answer to his word, which is what constrains me to walk in love with people. Because he told me, don't mistreat people, be kind. So I am. But if you if push comes to shove, I'm not denying my faith. You make whatever threat you want. They'll seize your bank account. Seize it. The same God that gave me the first four and a half million in the bank will give it back within the week. You don't control my money, you don't control my life, you don't control my family, you don't control my children. We must insist that your child get these shots. Does the child have the hospital's last name or my last name? Don't let people talk to you like that. Every man that's in this place that has a child, say this, I'm the father of my home. That's right. You're the high priest God put. Not the Department of Health. Not some unelected bureaucrat that's never had a child tell you how to raise your child. Thank God they're recording all these school board meetings now. Not going to tell them that they're going to have an abortion. Not going to tell them that they're, they're going to uh, transition. No, no. You're not running my house. And see, part of the blessing of God is when you don't have money, then they'll start controlling you with welfare and we'll take your blessings away. But guess what? They're not going to be able to pull that card in this church because even if you're on welfare, you're going to get off in about five hours. The blessing of God is going to find you. He'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. Somebody say, I choose to stand. All right, I'm playing this and then I'm quitting because this made me happy. There's a lady running for Senate in Arizona. I'm not endorsing her. I'm showing you what happened. Carrie Lake. And she got a call from the head of the GOP in Arizona that told her that the men back east have sent me to tell you to pause your campaign for two years and they'll pay you whatever you want. This is a Republican. See, the the GOP, you're going to get something from God. You should repent this week. God is going to clean house in this country this year. America unrighteousness is gonna get driven out of America. God is going to restore what's been damaged in America. It's already happening in Texas. It's already happening in Arizona. It's already happening in Pittsburgh. The devil's not gonna have this nation. If I were you, I'd, I'd repent this week. If you're, if you're in government, maybe I, already, maybe I already have in me what God has in me for Washington, D.C. and I'm taking it out on you fine people. I want you to hear this because you're going to hear how the devil works and you're going to hear how you should respond to it. And I like the fact that she never stops eating. You can hear her chewing pretzels the whole time this man's threatening her life. I like that. I might do it. If I ever have to go to like a city council meeting and they're going to shut the church off, I'm going to bring a bag of Doritos. Because <laughs> you can't express an I don't care attitude any more than to eat while your life's being threatened. Roll it.
4: Is there a number at which... I can be, <laughs> can be bought. That's what it's about. You can take a pause
0: for a couple of Just take no. a pause. You don't have to quit. Just take a pause. No. 10 million, 20 million, 30, No, no, no. A billion? No. This is not about money. This is about our country. I think it's disturbing that they would even... Anybody would think this is I,
4: I, no, to be fair. Even me, even me, I'll say this. Just I want finish. a fresh face right now for the reason that I've never seen anyone. I can't think of a single person in a federal race who've lost, ran in won. I mm-hmm. can't think of it. If you can think of it, let me know.
0: I'm not going to let these people who hate our country tell me not to run. You should call them and tell them to get behind me. So what's going on? What is, uh, I'm assuming this is our friend.
4: Oh, this is, this is, this is back east. They, there are very powerful people that want to keep you
0: out. I know. they do.
4: But they're willing to...
1: Pause it real quick.
4: Put their money where their mouth is.
1: Let me tell you something. Every person that claims to be powerful that's trying to control your life, if you'll stand for God, they'll find out who's actually powerful. There is no one that has the power God has under his little fingernail in all of their arsenal. You serve the Most High God.
0: Continue. In a big way. So, this conversation never happened. This is crazy, though. They should want me. I'm a great candidate. People love me. These people are corrupt.
4: Well... Maybe you right.
0: Just his voice. They are, right. that they p- are correct.
4: This is a don't, don't go. Look at him. Pause. I'll get
1: myself in trouble. Look at his eyes. See, don't turn into that. It looks like he lives on hot dog casing and caramel drizzle. Big estrogen filled face. Don't be that. Why are you relaying a message from people trying to get somebody to sell out? Be a man. Look at that smile. Is that a smile? Your eyes are frowning and your mouth is smiling. Continue. I'll get myself. If you if you, if you say no, which just fine. It's
4: your choice. Don't tell people
0: they're gonna have, try to have me murdered.
4: Saints <laughs> world, man. If that stuff that came out last week is right about the cartel stuff, see
1: know. cartels I mean, are cartels in all fifty of cartels states. Cartels in fifty states right now. That's like, right. 50, you mm-hmm. know? So, Why do you think the borders are open? Cartels in all fifty states. Who is it? What? Not the politicians.
4: Forget the who. Let me just tell you the what. Let's just say there are people calling around. Saying, "Gosh, no, they can't repeat this. Never repeat this. If you say no, don't." Because they, I
0: got offered to buy out. Yeah. Don't,
4: because don't, don't, don't. then we lose our ability to get things done. Other in the future.
0: Here's this, my problem. Rather than just say, "Let's work with her. She's a great candidate." Because they don't own me, and it pisses me off. Yeah, I said, it's about ownership.
4: It's about control." I don't know it's about control. It's about being on the
0: team, I guess. Oh my God. They, mean- they want to be on the team.
1: He sounds like a district president for his team. denomination. But
0: Just you know? But if they're pushing a globalist agenda, I can't do that. What team? So what do they want? What do they want me to do?
4: You want me to stay out for
1: two you years. Stay out for two years.
4: <laughs> what? Well, I'll tell you what I can no. offer you. Can you hear you eating? But, I love it. Um, I said, you can do whatever she wants, talking
1: loudly eating, not even politely. eating. the the ask
4: of me was, it's kind of funny. So, the the ask I got today from back east was, is is there any companies out there or something that could just put her on the payroll and give her to keep her out? And I said, well, what do you want to do? Whatever we need to do.
0: This is about defeating Trump. And I think that's a bad, bad thing for our country. DeSantis is not. America first. You bring it back to me because I'm out of
1: time. I'm not getting this into Trump and DeSantis and all that. I wanted to show you about selling out. That was her own party. That was not a Democrat con. That was a Republican con or a Republican. And she stood. And what happened? That tape leaked and she got, he got fired. He resigned the next day and she soared in the polls. Everything the devil, the devil's a liar. He's telling you, let me ask you a question. If she can't win, why are they trying to buy her out? It's because she can win. Don't let the devil tell you what you can do and what you can't do. You're going to win. You're going to be a champion because you're not going to bow. You're leaving here with the strength today to do what God's called you to do. Last thing. Stay on your feet, everybody. Do you want to know one of the main benefits of when you stand? The Bible says, put 1 Samuel 17, 51, and 52 up. 1 Samuel 17, 51 and 52. You can do NLT. 1 Samuel 17, 51. Therefore David ran, stood upon the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of the sheath and slew him and cut off his head. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Your boldness takes the strength out of your enemy. Your boldness takes your strength out of your enemy. And not only that, 52. Then the men of Israel and Judah, who refused to fight for 40 days and 40 nights, when they saw that what he did with a great shout of triumph, they rushed after the Philistine, chasing them as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. The bodies of the dead and wounded Philistines were strewn all along the road from Sheriam and from Gath and Ekron. When David won his battle... All the cowardly military that wouldn't fight suddenly got a boldness and fought. Some of you that are here, I've inspired you. You've seen why you started coming to the church. But now your life is going to start to inspire people. You're going to be at your job. They're going to see that there is an honest person. There is somebody that doesn't get blackout drunk every night and sleep around and and play by the so-called rules. There's actually a real righteous person, and it's going to inspire the righteousness of other people. Some of you that are standing here right now, you were the only person who wanted to get vaccinated where you were. And then when you didn't, you started having two people join with you and three people. But somebody has to be the tip of the spear. This church is full of the tip of the spear people that don't need a crowd to get involved. I'm going to do it. Elijah said, bring all the prophets of Baal. And I said to me, I'll do it. I don't need a team. I'm going to call down fire. Say it out loud. I stand. I stand. I stand when it's easy. I stand when it's difficult. Everybody in Fort Worth shouted, I stand. I stand when it's easy. I stand when it's never back down, never bow to the bales. I'll never bow. I'll give you one more chance. You know why I gave them one more chance? Because the devil can't make you bow. They made me get vaccinated. No, they didn't. You did. Kept threatening you. Kept telling you you couldn't go see your mother. And then finally you came. They can't make you. Even Even the Antichrist can't make anybody get the chip. They'll cut off your head. Can't make you. You can't make me do anything. I've decided to follow Jesus, and i got news for you. When you make Jesus your Lord, no one else is allowed to be your Lord. We submit to the government. We strive for peace with all people, but I take my orders from one shepherd. His name is Jesus. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. I stand with him, and he stands with me. I said, I stand with him, and he stands with me. If you receive that today, put those hands together. Give the Lord a great hand clap. The Lord a great shout. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You're not going to die. You're not going to sell out. They're not going to take what they said they're going to take. You're going to make it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Make the first stand. All this is rooted in righteousness. Some of you, for whatever reason, you've never stood for Jesus Christ. But you need to do it right now. I am out of time. I'm not doing this because you don't matter. I'm doing it because we need to do it quickly. You need to do it quickly anyway. If you say, Jonathan, I've compromised in life. I've allowed sin to enter in through that compromise. But today, I make a public stand. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want you to quickly come out of your seat and stand right here right now. We're going to pray. We're going to pray like 60 seconds. Stand. Make your stand. I need to make a stand. I need to make a public stand in front of witnesses. I'm making my stand. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Come. Come quickly. This is your day. This is your day. I'm going to stand. Keep coming. I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand. I have decided to follow Jesus. If you're coming, keep coming. We're going to pray. You know, even that. You want to know why we give public altar calls to this church? That's why. 30 years of staying in your seats and God sees that hand has produced a generation of stay in your seat and God sees that hand people. But those days are over. We come out of the crowd. We stand. I have decided publicly. With both hands to the Lord. Say this prayer. Heavenly Father. I turn my back on sin. I repent. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth. Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Right now, I receive forgiveness. By the blood of Jesus, I am saved.
0: In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for sharing the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. If you're interested in supporting our mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, please visit RevivalToday.com and click on Give Now to become one of our monthly partners. Thank you in advance. We hope to see you soon.